Here's a, here's a, here's a weird warm-up question for everybody uh, this morning. Uh, right now, in your life, everything that's going on, however you're feeling, do you need a sign from God? Yeah? How many say yes? I'll say, I need a sign from God. Yeah? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, double. She needs several, several signs from the Lord. Uh, have you ever, uh, like, personally gotten a sign from God? You had some experience where, like, this is a sign from the living God. Anyone? That's, that's actually quite good. Not bad. Uh, I like that because that says, oh, he is a living God. Right? You know, you're traveling through life and you get a road sign, you get a, a direction sign or a confirmatory sign. That's awesome. Um, could you use a sign from God right now? I'll ask the question in a gentler fashion. Who could use a sign from God right now? All right. Well, yeah, definitely. Why? Why? What, what would be useful? If the Lord gave you some sign right now, you probably have to kind of imagine what kind of sign it would be, but why would that be useful to you? Come on. It would be confirmation because... So you feel like you get some direction from the Lord, like go this way in life, but then every step of the way you're like, did I take the right turn? You know, that sort of thing. And you're like, it would be nice to get some confirmation. Like when Google Maps says, continue straight. All right. Anybody else got a good answer? Why, Why could you use a sign from God right now? Why would it be useful right now? To help you with your unbelief. Because we all know Elton's belief is really, you know, but we love you, you know, and no, because that's kind of universal, right? We could all use encouragement in our belief. Any other cool answers? To give you courage, yeah, which is a, a, a slightly different way to say what Elton said, but, but it gives you a different feeling. It's like, well, I need to be brave, that's why, yeah, and we follow Jesus, so we need to be brave, right? I mean, that's kind of who we are. You know, if, if we don't need to be brave, we're probably not following all that well. Uh, and so, lovely answer, lovely answer. All right, um, I personally want my faith to be strong. That's what I'm trying to do, uh, in, in some large part because I need strong faith. So I got some, I got some challenges and some deficits uh, in life. So I need my faith to be strong, and I know that life is hard. I've come to expect life to be hard, which tells you something about my outlook. Maybe I shouldn't expect it to be as hard as as I do expect it to be. But I want my faith to be strong. I know that life is hard, so I like signs. I love them. Because when I get them, it helps. And I'm all about getting help. uh, Because, frankly... I'm not that strong. One thing I've learned in life now in my mid-50s is that I'm just not all that. You know, I am consistently overmatched by my situation, and I do the best I can until I get grumpy, and then I don't, but mostly I do the best that I can uh, in life, and so I, I, I could use signs. I want to, uh, next week is the healing service. Last week was Easter, so this is kind of a tweener uh, week. Uh, so I thought what I would do is I would share from Scripture a story that happened exactly a week after Easter. Because 
I'm kind of a Bible stud, and that's how we think. You know, saying that's what a brilliant idea, Jordan. Thank you. Um, so you can turn to your Bibles to John 20. Uh, it might be up on the big board. I don't know. There was a typo on the, on the script today, so I'm not sure that we have it. So I'll read through it slowly. Uh, John chapter 20. And this is a story that happens right after Jesus appears to everybody on Easter. And then a week goes by. And then he appears on the following Sunday, which would be today on the traditional uh, Christian calendar. So we're going to read John 20, 19 through uh, 31, I believe it is. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. So you get the scene. The disciples are in hiding because... Uh, their leader got killed, and the entire city turned against him, so their, their life is at risk as well. So they're hiding behind locked doors. That was their response to Easter. Uh, they're hiding behind locked doors for fear, and Jesus kind of transports in like Captain Kirk. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side where the scars were, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Snaps. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you, evidently, because they needed to hear it twice. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, people in the Hawaiian Islands, they like that. They understand what that means, right? They're doing a little ha there. It's lovely. And it meant exactly uh, what it means in the island tradition, like have some life. Have some of my spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Interesting. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, when he came back, We've seen the Lord! But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Here we go. Through the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Just out and out declares him God there. Just first one to do it. Um, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Footnote, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. There you go. Interesting story uh, from the week after um, Easter. Why were his disciples in hiding immediately after Easter? Well, <clears throat> they were scared that they were next on the hit list. 
that they were going to be killed. They had already been told by the women who had visited the tomb that they had seen Jesus, right? But they, the women had received that sign, but they hadn't yet. They're a little freaked out. They're in hiding. Jesus shows up and says, yo, I'm alive, and they feel quite a bit better, although I noticed that they remained in hiding, <laughs> right? They still were hiding behind locked doors. So you can understand their attitude, right? It's kind of a tweener attitude, which is like, yes, we're overjoyed. Jesus is alive. However, people are trying to kill us. We're going to stay right here and order in. <laughs> uh, that's, that's kind of what they, what they were doing. They were scared post-crucifixion, just as they were scared pre-crucifixion. You notice that all these guys had abandoned Jesus and Peter quite famously denied he even knew Jesus. So they had let Jesus down beforehand um, out of fear. And then after Jesus comes and said, well, you know, I'm resurrected, uh, they like it, but they're still a bit freaked out. Tweener. Any tweeners here? I believe, help my unbelief. Can I get an amen, Elton? Yeah. Um, Notice that when Jesus shows up and he says, hey, I am alive, you should have listened to the, to the women, uh, they're happy. And then he does this amazing thing. He breathes on them and gives them the Holy Spirit and gives them God-like authority to forgive any sin they come across or to not, right? To just sort of release forgiveness in the world as they see fit. Is that awesome authority or is that not awesome authority? Like, whatever you did, I declare you innocent. Don't need to pay any penalties, right? That's huge authority. You know what strikes me about that? He gives them this huge authority, <clears throat> this moral authority, even though they have been cowards, right? They're at kind of the low point in their followership. Right? They have just let down the Lord. And Jesus says, oh, well, in honor of that, I'm going to give you more authority than any human has ever received. There you go. I love that. I appreciate that so much. Because I have often hit bottom in life. I have often dragged a bottom. And these, and these guys were dragging bottom. And Jesus go, shows up and says, and now I will honor you for the purposes of the kingdom. There's so much grace in that, you know? There's so much grace in that. That's another thing. The older I get, the more I appreciate that. Because I know that I'm, I'm not all that. I know that I'm not very strong, and I really need Jesus to honor me with power and authority anyway, or I don't stand a chance. Clap if that's you. Right? It's a lovely, lovely story. Yeah! Resurrection, but I'm cowering. And Jesus is like, good enough. I can, I can work with that. You know, and maybe there are some of you here today that just need to hear, need to hear the voice of the Lord saying to you, yeah, I can work with that. I can work with that. Whatever, I'll work with it. Come on, we'll do it. We'll overcome. Good for you. The big question that jumps out from this story for me is, why wasn't Thomas hiding? When we think of the disciple Thomas, what do we think of? 
Doubting Thomas, right? We've given him a nickname in Christendom. He's the doubting disciple. I think he gets a really unfair rap because when all the other disciples were cowering, hiding behind locked doors, Thomas was out and about. Thomas was out and about. You know, they're like, we have to order in. And he's like, I'll get it. You know? And then I think about what we know of Thomas from the other gospel stories. When Jesus told his disciples finally, I have to go to Jerusalem, that's not going to go well. Right? The other disciples were freaking out. And Thomas said, let us go that we might die with him also. Is that a statement of faith? I mean, yes, yes and no. This isn't going to end well, Jesus, but I'm going to stick with you all the way to the bitter end. I mean, there's something about that that I don't know if it's faith, but it's faithful, you know, and, and whatever you call that attitude, I get it because I'm often there. You know, it's like, I don't know if I believe, but I'm going to muscle through anyway, you know, all the way. I'm just going to play out the hand. You know, I, I might not win, but I'm, I've come this far with you. I'm going to go the rest of the way. You know, and, and I don't know. Sometimes faithfulness trumps faith in a way. You know, if you're, if you're human, it gets you where you need to be, and it got them where they needed to be. You know, and at the very end, he freaked out with the rest of them, sure. But then after the death, he's like, I don't like to be a freak out. You know, I, I like... I like to be out there. I like to be free. So he was walking the streets. I don't know what he was doing exactly. You know, some people think, well, he had his own hiding place. Well, then why did he show up a week later? Why, why was he with them? Like, he went out, he came back. He went out, he came back. I think he was the only guy with the, I'm thinking of a clean word, with the, uh, <laughs> the spirit. Uh, Right, to be out and about. And, and I, I, really, I really like that uh, about Thomas. Who in the whole Easter story believed in the resurrection without a sign? Nobody. The women went to the grave to dress the body. They got a sign. Jesus showed up. They saw angels and stuff like that. And they said, like, he's alive. They went and they told the boys. And the boys were like, yeah, you're crazy. And then Jesus showed up for them. And they're like, okay, we believe. We're going to hide, but we do believe. And then Thomas at the end is like, well, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not all in without seeing something. He was just being one of them, and we single him out, right, as doubting Thomas. That's just not fair. That's just not fair. I think, I think he comes off well in the story, but that's just me, and maybe I'm trying to defend my own lack of faith, you know. But he's kind of he's my favorite disciple. You know, we don't know a lot about him, but I think I'm going to try to hang out with him in heaven. I'm going to be like, yo dude, I get you. And he's going to be like, I don't know what it's going to be like. <laughs> but I see, us, I see us drinking Guinness together at some point. That's just, I'll just leave it there. Um, but everybody in the story gets their sign, right? Everybody gets a break in the story. And, and I like that. And then I note that the passage closes with this note. Uh, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples. 
right? It's like all throughout the Gospels, Jesus is doing signs and wonders. And then he resurrects, and, and they don't believe without a sign. And then, you know, he makes this statement, uh, you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Like, you know, there are some people out there who could believe even without having direct evidence. And then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of the disciples. Evidently, they were not of that caliber. And yet the entire church was built upon their shoulders. I feel good about this, right? Because I kind of suck. And, and I, need, I need signs. At least I ask for them, you know? I often do not get them, you know? But I so appreciate the occasions when God gives them. It injects a little encouragement, a little evidence, a little inspiration, a little confirmation in, in my life. Because he is, after all, a living God. I need it so much. I need it so very much. And I'm glad that the Lord understands that I'm human. Not as much as I'd like him to. Um, but he does understand that I'm human. And maybe you guys are human. You know, I, frankly, I have my doubts, as some of you. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples. They're not recorded in this book, too many to count. But they are written, some of them, these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name, you know, that you may push through, that you might muscle through and get to the place where you can call on the name of Jesus, identify with the name of Jesus, and have a lot of life as a result, including eternal life. Who are the people in the world who believe without a sign? historically speaking. Us! Right? How many of you have received a direct bodily visitation from Jesus? They exist, but I'm just wondering, because I'll have you preach. We're doing it. We're doing it, right? There's some way in which we have surpassed the disciples. Come on. Just pat the back of the person next to you. We don't get a lot of credit, so let's give, let's, let's give ourselves a break here. What you're doing is hard, is what I'm saying. What you're doing is hard. Uh, and, you know, there's been a hard times. So the fact that you're doing it reflects really well on you. Is it cool to believe without a sign? Yes. But the fact is, um, you know, we all have some evidence. We can read about it in the Bible and believe on that basis. It's cool to have signs when we can get them. Here's, a, here's probably a better question. When is it good for you to seek a sign from God? Let's, let's go to the application part. When is it good for you to seek a sign from God? I'm not going to be fancy here. When you need one. When you need one. Because Thomas needed one. You know, what I love about his situation is that he was out and about. He was literally doing the best that he could, right? He was being as brave as he could be, right, without getting a sign. And then they asked him to up his faith a little more. And he was like, well, I need help with that. And Jesus was like, here you go. Love it. Love it. I cannot tell you how much I cherish that. And I wonder, you know, if you know, you might be in a place where you need a sign or you might run into some place where it would be really good for you to have a sign, in which case 
it's really good to ask. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, blessed are those who can go without. But then, you know, there's all the stories about when God did give people signs when they need them. So if you're stuck, if you need a sign, I would, as uh, the shepherd whom you respect beyond all others, suggest that you seek one. It's a fine tradition in, in sign-seeking uh, and the kingdom of God. Personally, I can be a lot like Thomas. You know, I can be like, well, fine then. I'm really disappointed and brokenhearted and having a hard time, but I will muscle through until I die. Totally me. Totally, right? Those of you who have known me for a while, that's totally me. And then when somebody is like, hey, you know, let's celebrate faith together. I'm like, I'm busy. <laughs> you know, I'm just holding on here, people. You know, and I just grind away because I'm a grinder like no other. You know, and I have to remind myself. Maybe you have to remind yourself that. Okay, I could level up though. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to abandon all hope of a higher faith than I have, of a higher life than I have. And you know what would help, Lord? A sign, you know, some sort of visit, something, you know, something that would help. Signs aren't going to solve anything for you because that's not their nature, is it? Right? A sign by the road does not get you closer to your destination, but it helps. <laughs> it helps you get there nonetheless, right? You still have to do the work. You still have to move your feet. Uh, so it's not going to solve everything. But it is going to help. So I think it's within uh, bounds. Uh, the Lord might want to help. That's just worth knowing. So if you need a sign, ask for one. I have it on good authority that the Lord is kind of into them. You know. In fact, uh, like, well, I'll ask in a second if anybody on the team has prophetic words to share. When I share prophetic words for people, uh, which I've been doing for decades now, I will often ask the Lord as I receive them, what sign can I give them that this is accurate? You know? And so you will sometimes hear me say, and, and this will be a confirmation. When you see this, you'll know that the rest of it is true. Yeah? You've heard me do things like that. It's because over time I have learned to value this so much. If Prophecies can be directive, but to be helpful, they all ha also have to be provable, falsifiable. There needs to be some sort of evidence attached. Not always. Blessed are those who receive a prophecy without that. You know, but I try to be shepherdly, and Jesus is a good shepherd. Um, sometimes you think that you have a direction in life, and you're like, you know what would really help, Lord? I mean, like, I don't need a guarantee but I could use a confirmation, right? I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I want to seek things, I want to seek miracles. Lord, can you help bolster my faith that I can go for it? I'm hanging with you, I'm vulnerable signs and wonders. You get little ingots that help your faith. You know, the reason we do a little prophetic ministry at least every service, we try. Uh, is that reason. The reason we encourage you to pray for each other is because we know that everybody can use a little extra encouragement. You know? Even if it's like a toothache thing. 
It's like, well, that's encouraging. You don't have to have a root canal. Right, we're going to do a healing service next week. So part of that is because, I mean, we have occasionally saved lives, like physical lives through our healing service. Um, but sometimes we just change lives, right? Because something happens to someone, and it's a testimony, right? It's a sign. It's something that says, he is into you, you know, and he, he is here after all. Even though he was dead, he now lives, and he's walking around. So make the most of that. I want to be people of signs, is what I'm saying. Are you into it? Are you willing to go for it? Yeah? We've changed our service times. We've gone to 9 and 10.45. Sony this week spent a lot of time getting new signage for the front of the church that says, here we are at these times. You know, I would like to be a church that provides signs that says to people, say to people, here he is, right? Here he is. Uh, you can find him uh, from time to time. Let's pray, and I, I'm just going to invite you to pray for signs as you need them. And the next week we'll pray to be a sign as others need them. Go ahead, deal with the Lord. In the name of Jesus, brothers and sisters, fellow travelers, I bless you. All the authority that the Lord gives us. Because you follow a risen Lord. Without constant proof. You do it, you have done it, and I bless you for it. The Lord is into it. I bless you for being overcomers, for being courageous, for not keeping your faith behind locked doors. I bless you because you have muscled through when necessary. And I bless you that you have not stuffed your hope, but always look for greater faith and purpose. You have done that, Blue Water. And I bless you in Jesus' name with a fruitful harvest in your life and in our lives. By the name of Jesus in whom we find life. Amen.